You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Bad Course Top Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. It's your co-host, Danny. And we got a full show for you today. NBA Finals. It's a wrap. The Denver Nuggets, Danny, goes ahead and wins the NBA championship, their first in franchise history, uh, defeating the Miami Heat in five games. Yes, the boy called it. Uh, I said initially four games in the sweep or at most five games. Then at one point, I hinged maybe <laughs> six games because Miami won earlier on. I think this was one of the better games in the series, quite frankly, a more grit and grind type game. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I've noticed in the NBA Finals is you're going to have these grit and grind games. And I was happy to kind of see it because I think you see the maximum effort um, of both teams and all players on the court at that particular moment in time. They know the championship is on the line. Congratulations to Miami Heat for for advancing to the finals. But Danny, let me just say this. In watching this game, in watching this series, it made me even more frustrated. All I can think about was how in the hell did the Bucks lose to the Miami Heat in the first round? Mm-hmm. And I thought more about Coach Bud. And I was like, how in the world do you just keep Jay Crowder on the bench? Because that was the reason why you got Jay Crowder in free agency. I hate to keep harping on this. Yep. This is not the only time that the Bucs, in my opinion, should have been in the finals. In my opinion, should have been in the finals this year, or at least competed in the conference championship this year and last year. I mean, Milton got hurt. I really believe that the Bucs just weren't prepared. The more I really looked at how Miami played against us and how they played against, of course, the Celtics. Because in this series, with with Denver putting Aaron Gordon on Jimmy Butler, yep. or putting some kind of bigger body on Jimmy Butler, that actually forced Jimmy Butler to make different type of decisions. Jimmy's still going to get his points. But he deferred a whole lot. And I noticed that in last night's game, too. He would drive to the basket and kick it out a whole lot. The Denver Nuggets have really, I think, set a trend. I think they're preparing, or have prepared for this new CBA. This new CBA is saying, basically, you're only going to be able to have two stars on a team. No more three stars. No more trying to galvanize everybody, all the good players, and put them on one team. Uh-uh, ain't, ain't going to be none of that no more. It's going to be two players, two stars on each team, and, and that's a wrap. Denver Nuggets wins 94-89 behind Jokic, uh, who was named the MVP. Jokic uh, ends up with 28.16 rebounds. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. finally uh, bust out a little bit here. 16 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, still struggle from uh, three-point land, uh, but nonetheless, they get a chip. Murray, Jamal Murray, goes for 14 uh, points, eight assists. 
Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, Joe Pitts named the MVP. It was good to see Ish Smith, uh, Jeff Green, some of the uh, older players, DeAndre Jordan, get finally get a ring. DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan plays three minutes, uh, but it was crucial miss because uh, Jokic was actually in foul trouble a little bit there early on. What say you, Danny, about uh, this last game in the NBA Finals? Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Miami actually led this game at halftime, and I felt that they blew a lot of opportunities because Denver was off in that first half. But they were only up seven at half, which I thought they didn't capitalize enough on Denver being – Denver just looked like they had some nerves. And if I think if Miami would have jumped on – took advantage and they had a double-digit lead at halftime, I think it would have been a different game just due to how Miami was playing. But all in all, man, Miami went ice cold between the third and fourth quarter. At one point, they only had 25 points between the third and fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter. You can't win many ball games like that. Jimmy Butler was off until late in that fourth quarter where he hit a lot of uh, number of threes, free throws, but then he had some key turnovers. Miami just, they ran out of gas. And there were a lot of shots too where Struess had a couple open looks like in that last minute or so of the game. That could have put them up, but then Bruce Brown had a key offensive rebound, and then you know Jamal Murray and Jokic did what they did. But there was a stretch there; the refs did not blow the whistle for like I don't know. It seemed like ten minutes. They're just going back and forth between the two, and no one could score. But it ultimately cost Miami. Great season by them. No one picked them to get where they got, but Miami. We'll see what they do, man. That's one thing, matching up with Denver. You know, Bam did what he could with Jokic. And Kevin Love, you know, gave him some minutes here and there. But it was just a problem when they were doing that pick and pop with Jokic and Murray. They couldn't do anything with it. And they would mismatch Jokic on, like, Caleb Martin or somebody on the switch. So Denver, to their credit, man, they took full advantage. And they got their first championship, man. So it was great, too, to see all the old old guys that we grew up watching, like the David Thompsons and the Alex English crowd. Man, it was good to see them represented. And, yeah, congratulations to Denver. And let me ask you this. Um, so we're talking about the two-man game here uh, in terms of a duo with Jamal Murray and Jokic. Uh, and that pick-and-roll action was lethal. Um, in this particular series, you know, we talk about a lot of duos in the NBA. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were some conversations throughout this series about Jokic being better than some all-time greats, whether it's Patrick Ewing. I remember listening to a radio show, and they mentioned um, the only individuals ahead of Jokic from a center perspective in the NBA Finals would be the likes of Kareem Wilt Shaq and Hakeem Olajuwon. And I was just really taken aback by that. I thought about duos uh, and, uh, and some of the duos that's been listed as like some great are, of course, uh, Jordan, Pippen, uh, Shaq and Kobe, John Stockton and Carmelo, who can never forget, Magic and Kareem, uh, Bird and Mikhail, maybe even LeBron and D-Wade. But then I started to look a little bit 
more into an older article um, that was out there. And this is reference to Bleacher Report. Um, but this article was by John Friel back in October of 2011. And it went through like maybe 50 duos. Jameer Nelson, Dwight Howard, that's number 50, for example. Mark Price and Brad Doherty. Um, and this kind of goes on and on. Uh, Penny and Shaq. Alice English and Kiki Vandeway, Chris Weber and Vladdy Device. I mean, it goes on and on, Danny. I was trying to figure out where would I rank Jamal Murray and Jokic. Jamal Murray and Jokic, what they did in the finals is eerie familiar to Stockton and Malone, especially with the pick and roll action. I, I think Malone is a little bit more agile than Jokic, because, I mean, he was able to dunk all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same token, Jokic kind of reminds me a little bit of, I can't even say Kevin McHale, but some of the footwork that he has is, is very McHale-like. Uh, I would never, ever compare Jokic to the Dream. I would never, ever compare Joel and beat and beat with Hakeem in terms of the footwork. I don't know where these journal journalists or these folks are trying to compare Joel and beat and Hakeem Elijah. I don't know where they're getting this from. I just don't understand that. Fans, talk to me. Talk to us. You all know if you look at some of these highlights on Hakeem Elijah on the dream, but don't ever talk to me about no Joel and being compared to Hakeem Elijah. Jokic and, and Murray, they're going to be here to stay. It's going to be interesting to see what the rest of the Western Conference does um, to really compare and match up with uh, Denver. Uh, but what say you about the duo of Jamal Murray and Jokic? Two, the game has changed. So when they make comparisons to some of the older generation players, like Jokic has the three-point game uh, as a three-pointer as part of his game where he can stretch the defense. Whereas some of the older players, they were just strictly on the block or in that painted area. And that's where they just, that was their game. You know, they had the fadeaways. They had things like that, the 15 footers, 18 footers. They weren't asked to do some of the things now that Jokic can do. So it would be interesting to see those players in this game now and how the game is transcended from when it was when we grew up to now uh that being said i look at jamal murray and Jokic. this is where i was hoping like philly could make it to the finals because it would be nice to see if someone that's comparable to Jokic, like an Embiid, if he's there and then you have someone on philly say a maxi for example who would at least stay with murray how that would change the dynamic of that pick and roll and how they would play it, switch it and things like that. And that's where I think right now in the Western conference, that's where Jokic, he's so tough because he's a big guy, but he can also handle, he can see the floor. He's like, he's like a point guard at center and a lot of teams haven't adjusted to that. And I'm curious over the off season, how teams do adjust to Jokic, but you need someone with that size and athleticism where they can do the switch. So you need a bigger guard 
and a center that can play with Jokic and at least make it difficult on Murray. Because if Murray is off, Denver struggles. But when Murray's on, man, he because he can hit that step back and he is fearless, like pulling up on the break or just taking that shot where he doesn't even second guess it. So that's where the confidence level of those two, I think, puts them up there uh, in that conversation of great duos because of the way they operate. But that's where I was hoping, even Milwaukee, I know Brooke is slow. He's not as fast as like an Embiid, but he's bigger. And then you have, say, Middleton or someone like that or Giannis even. If they're, however they play it, those were the things I would I was looking forward to if those two teams would have met to see how those two would play. But Denver took full advantage. And I think all in all, it's just a, it's difficult to make the comparisons um, with the older generation because they don't have the, they didn't have the three pointer as a part of their game. And then the other thing you got to figure out is those or talk about those other guys around them because you got an Aaron Gordon and a Michael Porter Jr. that are six ten. That's a big lineup, man. Big lineup, man, and and huge that's, lineup. Man. That's hard to match up against, and they're athletic and they can shoot. Mm-hmm. More Michael Porter Jr. than Gordon's more within the three, but he had a lot of threes in this series. But that's a hard lineup to guard. Factors into this duo conversation because who's surrounding you to respect? Who you got to respect? Because if they're guys that you really don't care about, that really can't shoot. They could they could throw a double team at Jokic or Jamal Murray. So it's not one-on-one pick and roll the whole time. But they had to respect all those guys on the perimeter because they all could shoot or slash. So that's where the conversation gets interesting. This is why I wanted the Bucks to go. I was afraid that if Miami – this is when Miami was facing in Boston mm-hmm. in the uh, finals, conference finals. Uh, I was really hoping – a team other than Miami would go to the finals because for one, my opinion, Miami Heat, they're just not big enough. I think if they if they go well, once they are in this offseason, I think Pat Riley needs to really consider getting um an athletic big mm-hmm. um, other than um Zeller um and Dog. Nothing against him, but I just think that he the Heat needs another big um to really combat with players like uh, Jokic. It's interesting, though, you mentioned uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, Danny, because what I ended up doing, I went, I was like, how did the Bucks and Nuggets match up in the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. So I looked at one of the games here. Um, this was March 25th, and the Bucks went out to Denver and lost big time, okay? They lost 129 to 106. But that was um, the second night of a back-to-back where the Bucks the night before uh, blew out the Utah Jazz, 144 to 116 in Utah, and then the next night went, went on over to uh, Denver. Uh, and then I looked at another game um, in where the Nuggets played in Milwaukee, and that was the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, the Bucks won that game 107 to 99. Um, but the night before, the Nuggets were in New Orleans against the Pelicans, and they won 99 98. 
and then the next night had to fly up to uh, Milwaukee. And so to me, when you have those back-to-backs and everything, that's not a great comparison in terms of what the team could really be, especially in the series. Uh, when you have some more days in between games, et cetera, and you can totally focus in and lock in on that one specific team um, and, and all. But I would have loved to see that matchup because just like you said, the Denver Nuggets, they're huge, but the Bucks are huge too. Mm-hmm. And so that would have been a great matchup. I mean, you have Giannis, you have Brooke, you have Bobby Portis, you have Jay Crowder, you have Milton. That's a huge lineup too. And, and you got and you got Drew Holiday who can handle Jamal Murray. Hey, Jamal Murray. So that would have been an amazing finals, man. Not just because, you know, Bucks fans or whatever, or we follow the Bucks. It's because of the matchups uh and all. Uh, and I would have loved to have seen that because you got a big body in Brooke, like you said, but then you got a body if Jan, oh, that would have been a great matchup, man. Mm-hmm. And if the NBA did his thing, they would go ahead and put Milwaukee up against Denver very first night, opening night in Denver. <laughs> when they get their rings, that would be a game for you. So NBA, go ahead and make that happen. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love. Thank you.